Thank you, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you for being with us. Here's our toll-free number. It's 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, it is Election Day in America. Yes, an off-year election, but an important one nonetheless. And uh, anyway, people headed to the polls uh, in a number of key matchups around the country. Uh, the one I'm, I'm personally paying the most attention to is out of the Commonwealth of Virginia, uh, but we also have Kentucky and Mississippi and Ohio and Pennsylvania. There's a special congressional election in Rhode Island, uh, you know, pitting one individual who appears to be a shoe in. Uh, but if, you know, if the person fails and big in the district that went for Biden by 30 percentage points, his party will have some serious reassessment to do. What's most interesting about Virginia, and I, I'm going to be very blunt here. I, Virginia was long out of my mind, you know, for a long time uh, as as more and more of the Washington swamp and sewer was moving into northern Virginia. You know, you obviously the people working for the federal government, D.C. itself is, you know, I think five percent of the people in D.C. voted for Donald Trump. It just has not been Republican friendly territory. And and they've moved in mass to northern Virginia and they make the commute from northern Virginia to D.C. And that has just made the Commonwealth of Virginia bluer and bluer and bluer. And then out of nowhere comes this guy, Glenn Youngkin, and he kind of shocked the world. And I give him a lot of credit. He ran a great campaign. And and lo and behold, he not only won, he won by a pretty big margin against, you know, somebody that's not particularly inexperienced in the na- by the name of Terry McAuliffe, who had been previously had been governor. And uh, anyway, Youngkin won that race. A lot of it had to do with Loudoun County and educating our kids and woke agendas and CRT and all that. Um, and it's interesting to watch. Now, Youngkin is halfway through his four-year term. You don't get consecutive consecutive terms as governor in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And he wants the next two years of his governorship to be productive. I've had him on TV a number of times. We even had him on last night. And he has been at the forefront, thankfully, of pushing that which I have been telling you, which is Republicans have got to get over their reluctance and their resistance to voting early, voting by mail. I, it's, I don't think it's an issue in Virginia. Otherwise, I'm sure he would have brought it up. But in about half the states, there's something called legal ballot harvesting defined as somebody else actually handing in another person's ballot. And Democrats have, have, have mastered that technique. But if Republicans don't adjust and conservatives don't adjust their thinking on how they approach voting and they don't start voting early. Now, I will tell you, it's very successful in Florida. Republicans vote early in Florida. Republicans have no problem. Conservatives have no problem in Florida voting by mail. And and guess what? You know, by in no time, you get the results of the election because they're actually counting the votes uh, as the votes are coming in, which is smart. A lot of states are too stupid to do that. They wait till the polls close. So anyway, um, so Glenn Youngkin has put a lot on the line. Right now, if you look at the House of Delegates, there is a five-seat majority for Republicans in Virginia, yet they have in the Senate, they have a five-seat deficit. So Glenn Youngkin has been out there recruiting candidates. He's been campaigning for candidates. 
He, he really thinks this is coming down to Loudoun County. He really does. He thinks Loudoun County is going to be very critical. So as you're watching coverage uh, tonight, and, and I'll be on 9 Eastern with, with our coverage, uh, that, that's probably going to be the one thing that I'm looking at the most here. Uh, but he's trying to win a majority in, of the legislature. And again, the Democrats have a five-seat five edge in the Senate. Republicans have a five-seat edge in, in the House of Delegates. And the election, you know, many are saying that it'll be a referendum on Youngkin. I don't, I, I don't go that far. If he wins, I think he should get a lot of the credit for sure. He was part of the recruiting process of a lot of these candidates. And, and he went all in to go out and, and campaign and support these candidates. And he's advanced a series of executive actions on education, criminal justice, signing billions of dollars in tax cuts, the economy under Youngkin in two years has gone from one of the worst in the country to one of the best in the country. But Republican victories would would heighten speculation, I guess, too, that Youngkin, you know, might get into the presidential race. You know what? I've In all the times I've interviewed him and I have asked him the question, I've not gotten the impression that that's at the top of his list. His The top of his list has been and remains focused on today's election in, in Virginia. Uh, if you're in Loudoun County, if you're in any part of Virginia and you haven't voted yet, uh, you may want to get out and vote before the polls close. Uh, we're also watching the great state of Kentucky where the Attorney General Daniel Cameron recently received a, an endorsement from President Trump in a pretty heated race to unseat Democrat Andy uh, Bashir there. Bashir narrowly won a first term in 2019, but is now one of the most popular governors in the country, earning support of, from around half of the state's Republicans. So that's going to be a tough uphill battle for Cameron. I'm just trying, I'm giving you the realistic picture. I don't, we're not going to sugarcoat anything here. Uh, but Cameron and Republicans have attacked Bashir for his endorsement of a second Biden term, betting that the president's high unfavorability rate will drag down the Democrats in a state that went big for Trump in 2020. Let's see what happens there. We're watching the state of Mississippi tonight where Republican Governor Tate Reeves is running for a second term. Uh, pretty pretty red state where he leads by, as, as of now, single digits. Uh, they've not elected a Democratic governor in Mississippi since 1999. I, I highly recommend all of you in Mississippi not go backwards uh, but stay the course and Democrats are counting on changes in voting regulations and the name recognition of their candidate. Some guy by the name of Brandon Presley, distant cousin of Elvis Presley. Gee, that that's a qualification to be an elected official, right? We're watching other issues in Ohio today. Voters are considering two ballot initiatives, one of which will determine if the state will have a constitutional protection for abortion the proposed amendment would change the state constitution to grant a, quote, right to one's own reproductive medical treatment and ban authorities from directly or indirectly burdening, penalizing, prohibiting abortion uh, before fetal viability. I'm not sure if science has even, you know, gathered or, or gotten to a point of full consensus on it. But anyway, that's what's on the ballot in Pennsylvania, Democrats hold a 4-2 majority on the Supreme Court with uh, a seventh seat up for grabs. And GOP candidate uh, Carolyn Carluccio uh, will be challenging the Democrat Daniel McCaffrey. The race will shed light on Republicans' prospects there in 2024. 
after Biden narrowly won there. Um, I, I, what was so disheartening about in, in my analysis, post analysis in 2022, is, you know, it was late in the game when I had heard that Doug Mastriano didn't have exceptions for rape, incest in the mother's life. He lost by the largest uh, percentage of vote. And Linda, this is your home state. Um, and but the largest percentage of the vote against the non-incumbent now Governor Shapiro since the 1940s. And I believe abortion played a big part in it. I, if you want to know why the number one reason why I think that Republicans did not perform at the expected levels in 2022, I think abortion was a big part of it. I think a lot of people first, it was demagogued by the Democrats and, and they basically were saying Republicans don't want abortion. That's not what the Dobbs decision was about. The Dobbs decision was out of Mississippi. The Dobbs decision was a 15-week abortion ban after that point. Uh, that's well beyond, you know, the first trimester. And anyway, it seems to be consensus-wise, first trimester, 15 weeks, seems to be where the country is. However, it's a state issue. It is not going to be a federal issue. When I was interviewing the new Speaker of the House, Johnson, I asked him, okay, these are the things you've said about gay marriage. These, these are the things you've said about abortion. Will any of these issues come before this House that you're leading? And he said, absolutely not, because it's settled law. He's also a constitutional attorney. And then he went on to explain in great detail why it wouldn't be a big deal. Um, so anyway, we'll be watching a lot of that tonight. Um, I'm not sure what we'll know by the time I get on the air at 9 Eastern tonight, but we'll have our coverage regardless. Uh, by the way, programming note for this show today, um, Mossab Hassan Youssef, he's been on this program before, uh, Palestinian, author of what was the bestseller book, Son of Hamas, a guy who grew up as the son of one of Hamas's uh, leaders uh, in the West Bank and then worked as a double agent for Israeli intelligence uh, uh, people. And anyway, he knows the whole truth about Hamas. He's got a lot of insight. And I think uh, it's stuff that people really need to hear. Uh, there's a lot going on in terms of the back and forth. Uh, the reaction by the left to the polling that came out from the New York Times that showed Donald Trump beating Joe Biden in, in five out of six swing states and, and only down by two in Wisconsin has scared the hell out of everybody. I mean, Democrats are just freaking out. And, you know, they've got a look, I guess at any time Joe can say he's not going to run or accept the nomination. I guess he could probably do it, you know, next year when the DNC convention takes place. I don't know. But every indication is he wants to stay in. But anyway, this poll is certainly not good news for Biden, and it certainly wasn't great news for Kamala Harris, who actually fared worse than Joe. But uh, and, you know, people are trying to understand something here. This is not that difficult to figure out. And I, I, it's, you know, to the mob, the media, they're not understanding something here. And it's and, and I think a lot of it is because they're out of touch with everyday people. Um, all I do is talk to you know, Americans that I meet in Target in my grocery store. By the way, Linda, I got another. What are you doing here when I was in Target and in the grocery store recently? People don't believe me. I'm like, well, what do you mean? What am I doing here? I'm shopping. I was picking up a present for somebody. I had a specific present I had to pick up. 
and of course buying food because I like to eat, which is very obvious. And my staff knows that my eating is very important to me and how the food is made is even equally as important to me. <laughs> You're laughing. Stop laughing. I mean, this oh. is a, this is a longstanding tradition with you. I mean, I have actually been in target with you and, uh, you are, you are definitely, you just shop very quickly. Uh, you don't do a lot of perusing if you will, but you definitely love to shop. Okay. You're, in you're not telling, you're not telling the whole story. So we're with Gomez and sweet baby James Gomez, my best friend from third grade. And we, we just came back from some, some trip and you needed to get a, a gift for Liam, your son. I always, was... always get him gifts when I go on the road. Okay. So we go inside the target. It's one of the big targets. I like big targets. All right. So we get to the toy section. All right, great. Finally, I'm watching you literally test out. You, he liked choo-choo trains at the time. Test out every single toy choo-choo train that was there. And then you're looking at it and you're playing with it and you're seeing how, you know, how it works. And, and you know, then you're looking at the price and I can't take it anymore. This goes on for 25 minutes. And I'm trying to say, I mean, I think that's one. a slight exaggeration because it's not, there's no, no, it's really not. Eh, so I, first of I all, you were said, not supposed to be there. I was supposed to be there alone. And then you three okay, decided but then to I tag been, along. I would have been waiting in the car wondering what the hell is taking so long. To I get told a, you guys, a, a go get train. your, go get your gross fries and fast okay. food. I'll meet you in a minute. Okay. So uh, yeah, in a minute. Okay. So I'm up there with her for 25 minutes. She's then they have a ton of tr the choo-choo trains. She's touching everyone, feeling everyone, seeing how everyone works. She's looking at the price of everyone. Finally, I can't take it anymore. I said, sweet baby James, you see that cart over there? Grab that cart. And then I just, you know, I said, excuse me, move right past her. I took every train and I threw it in the cart. I said, we're ready. Let's go. And we walked out. I bought the choo-choo trains and we got out of there. Did it's true story or not? Yes, and then you proceeded to take a car home, and I proceeded to take my four bags of things I never would have bought onto an Amtrak train. Right, and and how happy? Was, <laughs> right, <laughs> and, and and how happy was Liam? Uh, he was very happy. The bags were slightly worse for wear, but we got them there. Yeah, because you'd never make up your mind. No, I, I would have made up my mind like a normal person who takes their time and looks at things and is cost conscious. No, no, That's all. No, Okay, you could you could have been a little cost conscious in like three minutes. Oh you didn't have God. to play with every single choo-choo train. I, I guarantee believe. every mom in our audience is going to side with me. It takes a little time. No, no, they're not. No, yeah, every, they are. Every guy, every guy in the audience shops like I do. You go I'm in, I'm not you talking grab, you about crap. the guys. I'm talking about the moms. I go grocery shopping. I know where everything is. I go boom, 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 and then I check out myself because I can do it faster than the other person. Oh, I'm I always sure. do the self checkout. Well, you're a very patient man. That's exactly true. I got, I waited 25 minutes before, <laughs> Big I, before, before, I, before I before I acted. Okay. All right. Anyway, board on the tragedy of 9/11, the Tunnels to Towers Foundation. They are committed to helping our nation's heroes, their families in their darkest hours. Now, when a first responder or a veteran doesn't return home, leaves behind a young family, well, Tunnel to Towers, thankfully, they're there to support them, and the foundation pays off their mortgages and lifts their financial burdens through their Gold Star family home program and their fallen first responder home program. Now they have their smart home program for catastrophically injured vets and first responders, helping them regain their independence with a mortgage free home spe uh, specifically adapted to meet their very unique physical needs. They also provide 
housing assistance to our uh, our nation's veterans. They're going to help more than 2,000 homeless vets this year alone. Anyway, we hope you'll join all of us here at Team Hannity and commit to $11 a month because that's the only way this great work continues. Please go to the Tunnel to Towers website. It's the letter T, the number two, the letter T.org. The letter T, the number two, the letter T.org for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation.